Welcome to Twin Talk. This is Joy, and I'm here with my sister Angie. And first of all, we're just going to discuss why in the world it's been so long since we've done a podcast. I do believe the last podcast that we recorded was on October 31st, Halloween, and it was Sleepy Hollow. <laughs> so, Angie, explain to our listeners why it's been so long since we've done a podcast. Oh, you want me to explain? Sure. Okay. I just, I'll just say life gets in the way sometimes mm-hmm. and busy, busy. Um, you are, well, this actually is a good lead in to something I was wanting to say anyway. So, okay. so as you all know, Joy's mentioned several times that she's uh, taking master's classes to become, which I guess they used to call it a librarian. Now it's called a media specialist. Yeah, back in the old days, it was called a librarian. <laughs> yeah. But now, now it's fancy. It's called a media specialist. Yeah, I would use all these high, totty, totty words. Yes. So, anyway, Joy actually finished her master's degree. And, and I am so proud of her. Yes, I'm, I'm so proud of her. And as trust me, it was not easy. I'm speaking for you. <laughs> it was not easy. The mini was the time that she called me. She was stressed to the max. Mm-hmm. You know, she's raising a kid. She's married. She's got a full time job teaching and getting a master's degree and, and, and doing it all with COVID. You know, not yeah. that she had it, but during the this pandemic, you know. Right. It was not easy. Not that the degree itself was that hard. I mean, there were a few challenging questions classes don't get me wrong but like you said just word to the wise if you're a younger listener do not wait until you have a family and kids to further your education it's pretty tough and uh, um, it was tough not just on me on my family but I would like to thank Angie because there were many many times that I was at my wits end I hadn't had sleep, my house was a mess, and she would come help me clean or babysit or do anything I asked her to do. So honestly, and I even told her this, I feel like her name should be on that diploma next to mine because she helped me so much. It took me four years to get this master's, and she helped me through every step of the way. So thank you, Angie. And I have I have to uh, tell you something. This is how stupid I am. This whole time that you were getting that, uh-huh. I kept thinking that it was like a certification. And then mm-hmm. when you actually... Uh, sent me a text with a picture of your d- diploma uh-huh. or your it said masters on it yes it just finally hit me like a big boulder to see in the head <laughs> i was like oh my gosh she's been working on a master's degree so you kind of just thought it was like spanish like so yes. i have a degree i have a bachelor's degree in english mm-hmm. but to teach spanish i just had to um Pass some certification yes, test. Yes. So you just thought I was just I adding were, a, certifi- yes, a certification. Yes. I had area. no idea it, that you were getting a master's degree. Yes. So well, it was, I am that much more impressed. I have to. Well, say. here's the thing too. If I would have had my choice, yes, I would love it. If they were like, oh, just take these few classes or mm-hmm. pass this test, just like in Spanish, and you're a librarian. But that's not how it works. It's mm-hmm. it, to be a librarian if you already have a, a bachelor's in whatever area. You have to go on and get a master's, which is 12 classes or 36 hours. Mm. So it doesn't sound like a lot on paper, but when you actually go to do it, and like she said, and you're working full-time and have a family, Mm -hmm. it's a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. But thank goodness I had Angie to help me. I had our mom to help me. And what a relief. And now I all I have to do is pass... A, te- a praxis test, and I will officially be a librarian, and I'm going to start looking for a job as a librarian. Awesome. So so just to kind of summarize, the reason we haven't 
done any podcasts in the last two months was because Joy was in the final stretch mm-hmm. of getting her degree, and she just had a law on her plate. Right. And um, thank you, Angie, for mm-hmm. being patient, because I know sh- she was really wanting to get some podcasts out there. So it really is all on me that we didn't get it done. I, I was in the final stages doing my practicum, and I literally was getting maybe four or five hours of sleep mm-hmm. a night. By the time I would come home... Do all my grading, because, you know, I'm a teacher. Do all my grading and lesson planning and all that, and then do grad school. There just wasn't time left to do the podcast. But now I'm through. I've graduated. I have my master's. Hallelujah. And I'm hoping that's going to open up a lot more time for our podcast, because I really have missed doing this. Okay, so that also brings up another point we need to mention. So the podcast that we're getting ready to do, The Widow's House, we actually read back in October because we wanted to do it in October. Right, because so, it's kind of a creepy gothic novel. So we thought, ooh, October would be the perfect time to do The Widow's House. Mm-hmm. But it just didn't happen. We just didn't have the time. So we, we're getting ready to do The Widow's House now. And so we are, we're just a little fuzzy on it because, you know, it's been a couple months since we read it. Exactly. So, you know, just be patient with this. But I think as we begin our discussion, hopefully things will start coming back to us. I hope so. Yeah, I hope the readers will forgive us. Like she said, it's been a while and some of the details are a little fuzzy. But I did read The Widow's House uh, and I encouraged Angie to read it. And that's what we're going to read right now. The Widow's House is a modern gothic novel full of psychological suspense. It is set in New York's Hudson Valley, and it was published in 2017, and the author is Carol Goodman. Well, right off the bat, if you've listened to any of our podcasts, you know that Angie loves the Hudson River Valley area and stories about that area. As a matter of fact, that's where Sleepy Hollow was set, right? Mm -hmm. Somewhere in the Hudson Valley. So that's kind of cool. And it is on our bucket list to go visit Angie even talked about a, was it a cruise they have up the Hudson River? Yeah, there's an American cruise line that actually has a cruise down the Hudson River. There is so much history Mm -hmm. through the Hudson River Valley, and I just can't wait. I want to take a trip there so badly. That must be a very enchanting place. So many of these... So much of our history and and so many of these stories uh, take place. Scary stories take place there, yeah. Well, here's the thing. I had never heard of Carol Goodman, and I had never heard of the Widow's House, but then when I looked it up... She actually won the Mary Higgins Clark Award. That's like an award that they give. It's like one of the highest awards you can get for a mystery or for like Hmm. a thriller type book. She won it. She won that award in 2018 for The Widow's House. She was a finalist for it in 2005 with The Drowning Tree. And she she also won it for a second time this year for the night visitors. Really? Well, now, of course, I want to read The Drowning Tree and the Night Visitors Mm. because, personally, I loved this book. I absolutely love this book. If you're into gothic, thriller, suspense, whodunit, uh, the setting to me was amazing, this is the book for you. Okay, Angie, uh, I'm going to have Angie give us a real brief summary of the book. Okay, so the book is about a literary couple, Claire and Jess Martin. They are both writers who have left their life in Brooklyn after experiencing financial problems problems, and are now looking to escape to the country to find a fresh start in their writing careers. They become caretakers of an old mansion that is owned by Claire and Jess's former literary professor. Okay, we're going to start off talking about the setting because, once again, it does take place in the Hudson River Valley. I loved how she described the countryside, how she described the towns. 
uh, things like that. But the house, there is, as in all Gothic novels, there's the house. Mm -hmm. uh, they call this the river house. It sits along the river, and it does have a very tragic past. I'm not going to really go into that in case our readers haven't read this yet and they want to read it. But just reading about the house and the description of the house to me was fascinating. I loved how she described this old, creaky house, but it's very unique because it was in the shape of an octagon, right? Yeah. And it had a glass, um, what's it, should she call it, In the, when you walk into the vestibule? Oh, yeah. They, they call that something, when it, like a terrarium, not terrarium. Uh, um, I know, see, this comes from us not reading yes. the book for a couple months, but they mention it all through the book. There's yeah. a glass dome yes. over the entrance of the house and mm -hmm. this big, huge marble staircase that winds up along the wall, and it just sounds gorgeous. Another thing I loved about the house was that it has this huge, massive library with this uh, big fireplace. Mm -hmm. And I, that's my dream, is to one day have a house with a really cool library. I don't know about you, but in some of these books like this, don't you wish that just ever so often there was an illustration Yes, I'm, mm -hmm. I'm. I like they can go into like you just said. They she described the library and the house, and I'm not. Her detail was awesome, and she was a great. She illustrated it greatly, but for me, I, I'm so visual. Mm -hmm. I want to see a picture. I want to see me what too. it really looked like. And I have a copy, a paperback copy mm -hmm. of the book sitting right here between us. And honestly, I like the copy. It's pretty cool. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't, it just shows the roof line of a house, and it's nothing like I'm picturing River House to look like. Mm -hmm. And I will, I'm a little disappointed in the copy. I want the copy, like you said, to have a picture mm -hmm. of the house envisioned that should be in her mandatory mind. in all Amen. mystery books. <laughs> if you have a house that's so much a part of the story and it's almost a character itself, mm -hmm. that should be mandatory that there's an illustration of that book. Yeah, I mean, of that house in the book. Well, the cool thing about this house is it has a really cool story that goes with it. You well, know, it's a tragic story. You know what house came to my mind when I was reading it? What? Do you remember? So when we were young, my mom and dad, they liked to, we they loved to visit old antebellum homes. Yes. And mm -hmm. we visited a home one time and it was an octagon shape. I think I and remember it, this. And it was, um, but it was never finished because I think it got interrupted due to the Civil War or I something like that. I think I vaguely remember that. But that's the house that came to my mind. Okay. I was just wondering if you thought of that. Uh, no, I had forgotten about that, but I think you're right. Mm. Okay, we are going to talk. But anyway, did you enjoy reading about the house and the setting and all yes. that? Yes. Oh, yeah. That was my favorite part of the book was the setting. Okay. Well, the key, the main character and the narrator is a lady, a woman named Claire Martin. And she's married to Jess Martin, who's has kind of had a one-hit wonder. You know, he had a book get very successful. They made a lot of money off of it. They were able to buy a really cool brownstone in Manhattan or somewhere in New York City. Brooklyn. Or was it Brooklyn? Mm -hmm. And so, but then he's in this funk, just like so many times, I guess, happens to writers. He wants to write this second great novel, but he's stuck. So she's having to work. She's an editor. And she's sacrificing her career, her writing career, for him. She's put her writing on hold so that she can work and support them while he tries to come up with this next great book. Well, he's in a funk. He has writer's block. He's having trouble. So I don't know if it was his idea or her idea or they came to it together. I think it was his idea. Now, in retrospect, looking at the was. ending of the book, mm -hmm. uh, they decide to move out more out in the country where they think they can get a fresh start and their money's low, they're running out of money, and they think, well, maybe if they have a fresh start, maybe 
he would do better. So she has really sacrificed a lot by putting her own writing on hold. But my question to you is, do you think she was a reliable narrator? Yeah, I thought about that. And I'm glad you asked that because that was that's really important to the story. I said no, uh, because you couldn't tell if she was sane or crazy. Um, to me, that was one of the most intriguing things about the book. Mm-hmm. Now, get this. I love this book so much. I've li- Now, I've listened to it. Not, I have the book, and I want to sit down and read it, as always. We've had this discussion so many times. Mm-hmm. How it's so much better to sit down and read a book. Mm-hmm. But I have listened to this book over the years, over the last couple of years, at least three times. Oh. It did not. Now, this is me. Probably I'm just not the br- sharpest knife in the drawer. But it did not occur to me until the third listening mm-hmm. She may not be a reliable narrator. I'm a little slow to get this sometimes. Because everything's from her perspective, and we just have to trust that she's telling us the truth. But then I just got to thinking about some of the little things that she mentioned that make me think maybe she wasn't a reliable narrator. There are little, there are times throughout the book that we're led to believe that she has powers, supernatural Mm -hmm. powers. They have a really nice dining room table in their apartment in New York. And there's one scene in the book where she gets very angry when she finds out Jess has turned down a job teaching at a college. Mm -hmm. Money. I mean, it would actually bring in money. And she gets so mad. About that time, she hears a sharp crack. And she walks in the other room, and there's a huge crack in the dining room table. Mm -hmm. Another example is her and another girl were rivals to be valid Victorians at their high school. And the girl's pencil, her, they had a test. And, the, and I think it was, wasn't this test going to determine, like, their grade point average. There was a really important test in English, mm-hmm. I think. And the girl's pencil kept breaking over and over. Yeah, I think this test, whoever did the best on the test, was literally going to push them forward to the valedictorian position. Mm-hmm. Or it, it, was, it, it all boiled down to that one test. So it was a very important test. Okay, well, there were little things like that throughout, sprinkled throughout the book that makes you believe or made me believe she has these powers mm-hmm. to manipulate physical objects, and that she has kind of manipulated circumstances to come into her favor. And another yeah. thing, the biggie, which is tragic, is she gets pregnant before she's married to Jess, and Jess says he doesn't want the baby. He wants her to get an abortion, and he says, I will not be manipulated into getting married. Well, the next thing you know, <laughs> she's lost the baby. Mm. So I wanted oh, okay. your opinion on that. She, uh, it almost makes it sound like she she wishes the baby away. Hmm. I didn't. I didn't. That's not how I took. Um, but now that you do say that, yeah, maybe she's not because a lot of things she she said. Because the way I the way I interpreted the book uh, when things would happen, the way she explained it was things would happen that she didn't necessarily intend to happen, mm-hmm. but it's things that benefited her. Yes, um, almost so, like she was subconsciously. It's almost doing like she things. was subconsciously doing it, or things were working in her favor. Yes, but she never had that um, evil intent yes. behind some of the things that would well, happen. Well, see, that's the thing that's so fascinating about this mm-hmm. character. Like I said, it it was the third reading or third listing of the book before I caught this that. He felt so sorry for her and knew that 
several times it's alluded to that she is not mentally stable. Right. Several times. And I, I was even questioning toward the end of the book if she yes. if she really was. Well that's what's so fascinating. Sane. Even after listening to it three times, I'm still questioning is she really the good guy in the book? Or right. was she really the evil one that pushed Jess to... Yeah, because the, the author did a really things. good job in leaving out just enough information that you didn't know. <laughs> yes. You know. And she'd have even done a little time in a mental institution. But mm. that's where the author, to me, was so brilliant. We're like, is she really mentally disabled? Or did her husband really push her to it and manipulate mm. things to make it look like she was... Well, even after the third time, I guess my point is, I still don't know if she... If she's the evil one and kind of mentally off, or if he's the evil one and oh, mentally wow. off. Yeah. It, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's very unique. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's talk about uh, Jess Martin. That's her husband. Did you like Jess? Absolutely not. I know. I <laughs> the jerk. I can call him a jerk because he's not real. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I didn't like him either. He just sounds so... The way... Now, once again, if she's a reliable narrator, mm-hmm. she really portrays him as selfish. I mean, from the beginning, mean. they portray him as kind of talking behind people's back and, you know, mimicking people, making mm-hmm. fun of... Very condescending. Yeah, he's such an intellectual. He's very mm-hmm. condescending. He's jealous of Claire's writing. He just comes off as super selfish to me. Yeah. It's all about my book and when am I going to write and he he was very patronizing toward yes Claire. and he was very patronizing towards her so it's safe to say that we didn't like him mm-hmm. at all but then again if he's living with this lady who he's kind of scared of maybe because some people even her stepmother was scared of her if you remember mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. yeah anyway so I guess it's agreed neither one of us like Jess okay well they both had a writing instructor at the college they went to he was very well known on campus, very gruff older man, but you had to be hand picked to be in his class. So it was an honor to be picked. And his name was Alden Montague. He's a very important character to the book. And if you read the book, you'll see why. I love how she chose the name Montague. You know, I think of mm-hmm. Romeo and Juliet. I do too. <laughs> I do too. I thought that was a cool name. Mm-hmm. Um, but he does play mm-hmm. a big part in the book. And he's a very interesting character. Did you have anything you wanted to say about Alden Montague? Uh, I just felt like her portrayal of him and just, you know, getting us his background, how he, uh, you know, he grew up in the, he partied in the 60s. He was known to flirt with students in his younger days. And everything she said about him, it all reminded me of what a true life a literary professor would be like. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, he it, definitely it, seemed realistic. It, it wasn't like so much, um, uh, you know how sometimes there's you you just have the stereotype. It wasn't so much a stereotype, but he definitely fit my idea. Of, yes, you know what that would. And be. there's a big. Um, there are a lot of surprises in the book and a lot of things, and we're not going to talk about those. But I just want the reader to know if you like surprises or if you like trying to figure things out, this is a good book to try to figure out what's really going on. Okay, tell me, was there anything you liked about the book? What I liked about the book was her poetical style. It's funny. It's kind of a double-edged sword, though. Mm-hmm. I loved how poetical she was. Like, her, when you read her, her writing, writing is pretty. Yes, mm-hmm. when you read her passages, you almost feel like you're reading poetry. Like, it would not surprise me if she's not a poet yeah, on the side. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah. So many times, her metaphors... Mm-hmm. And like her, or I guess her so similes, just things like that. The, the literary techniques she used <laughs> were very poetic. Very poetic. There's Tucker. There's Tucker. We were debating um, earlier how long it would be before he started barking. He lasted a while. Oh yeah. Oh, uh, one thing I would like to note while we're talking about that, 
um, she had a way of describing things beautifully, like we just said. But mm-hmm. also, whether it was good or bad, like yeah. it, it was beautiful. Even if she's describing a disturbing scene, she mm-hmm. still described it beautifully. If that I makes know. Sense. And there's a scene, and I don't really want to say it. It's about a character named Sunny. Mm-hmm. Sunny is a character who lived on the this manor. She lived in the barn. I just wondered if they had a bathroom or anything. I was thinking about practical things. But Sunny was like this hippie. She loved, she was an artist. She had all of these puppets. And there's a lot of things that happen with Sunny. She's another very important character in the book. But my point is, even something about when she talked about her puppets and described mm-hmm. Sunny and her living, even when it was tragic or something not good, I loved her descriptions and just they were very pretty. Mm-hmm. Like you said, even if she's talking about something that wasn't good or was tragic, yeah, it didn't matter what it was. Yeah, it she could just be had a, a beautiful way of saying it. Yeah. But you're right. It's a double-edged sword. Sometimes I felt like, can't you just say a sentence without being poetic? Can't there be at least a few sentences throughout the book that are just kind of normal and don't have to sound like yeah a poem? I felt like or, she couldn't. I felt like every paragraph, if you if it had ten sentences, then they had ten poetical. Uh, yes. I felt like she could not not yes be poetical. That yes. Makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Like very yeah. descriptive. But yeah. I loved it. But I just felt like maybe just. Maybe trim well, it back just a tad. Okay, so you're leading me in into the next question we were going to discuss, which, what did you not like about the book? Mm-hmm. Well, I wrote the poetical style of the author. Yeah. So, I know I'm contradicting myself, mm-hmm. but I loved it and I hated it. Because, yeah. I, so like, there was one passage in particular she was describing, I don't remember what it was, but kind of the way I took it was, she wanted to describe every tree limb, every detail the characters would come across. And it sometimes mm-hmm. it just felt overbearing to me. Yeah. It just felt like too much. I agree. Just edit it back, the flowery language, maybe mm-hmm. the ad, uh, maybe edit back the adjectives just a little bit. Yeah. I mean, I didn't think it was way but over the top. Just, just enough. Just a little. Just yeah, a little. I agree. And mm-hmm. then it'd be perfect. But, you mm-hmm. know, I don't. not many books are perfect. But, mm-hmm. okay, so I had such high hopes when I recommended this book to Angie because she loves the Hudson River Valley and she loves gothic novels but I'm not sure that she enjoyed it as much as I did but would you recommend this book well okay to be fair I listened to it on audible mm-hmm. and I, I 100% feel like this is the a type of book that you need to read on paper yes I agree and I was having to listen to it here and there kind of a modge podge like I would listen to a couple chapters one day and then I might get busy and, and I just felt like I was I didn't get a just a good continual flow of mm-hmm. the book or that's why I feel like I didn't enjoy it as much as you hoped I would right. so I'm trying to just be in all fairness I don't, it's not her or the story mm-hmm. it was just the way I not getting to sit down and read big yes. chunks at a time just yes. getting a little here snippets right. here and there so and you know I don't I'll just you know, I don't like profanity, mm-hmm. and there was they used the f word a lot in the book, yeah. and that just was a turnoff to me. Yeah. So when you ask what I recommend the book, my answer is yes. If you could edit this book mm-hmm. and you could do just a slightly shorter version mm-hmm. of it, I just felt like it was very long. Yeah, but if you could just slightly edit it in a shorter, ver- then yes, I would totally, I would totally okay. recommend. And it. I agree. Um, I didn't like the. Uh, the language either it wasn't over the top it, it it was 
To be fair, compared to some other books mm-hmm. I've read, there wasn't a lot in there. But Jess's character did cuss some. And I do understand and, that if that's the character and that's yeah. what he does, you're, yeah. you know, that's and what he does. Yeah, and it does help yeah. portray him better. Mm-hmm. When he used that strong language quite a bit, you kind of get a yeah. glimpse into his soul, his yeah. dark soul, you know. Yeah. And But, um, okay, so I'm going to ask you. Here's the biggie. So we're going to rate it with apple blossoms. Uh, apples are prevalent theme throughout the book. Now, did you and I both come up with the same? Do we have a twin moment again? I don't remember. Because you asked me to pick a book writing. That's just the word I picked. So I just assumed, I didn't know if you had picked one as oh, well. Oh, I'm sure I would have done something with apples because that was a, it's a yeah. huge theme throughout it's the book. apple blossoms. Yeah. yeah. Okay. okay. Well, how many, or maybe I should just say apples. I don't know. How many apples do you give this book? I would give it four. Okay. Well, I, I just want to go back and do a retraction for something I said in several of our podcasts. I said I didn't want to give a book of five unless, unless it was life-changing. Mm-hmm. I've changed my mind. Okay. Because not every, to me, an awesome, phenomenal book doesn't have to be life-changing. If I just truly hmm. enjoyed it and really loved it, I've changed my, I've changed my standard. Ah, Is that okay if I change it sure. midway? Because yeah. I thought, you know what? Not every book that I love is going to be life-changing. It's not mm-hmm. going to be life-shattering. I'm giving this book a five. Oh, yeah. I just loved it so much. I love the creepy factor. I love the setting. I just loved how it was told and how you're just really kind of never quite sure of who to believe or who's trustworthy. I'm giving it five apples. Okay, so. awesome. And we're not going to read our favorite passages, but let me just tell the reader, if you do love very descriptive writing and very colorful you know, similes, metaphors, adjectives. It, she does do a really good job. It is ironic those. that of all the books we're not reading passages, this mm-hmm. is the one. I know. Because it by far was the most descriptive book to date. It probably is. And say. really a part of that is just because we haven't had a lot of time to prepare for this. Mm-hmm. But I highly encourage the readers. Uh, it, there is some beautiful writing in there. So highly encourage them to read that. If this you is like also one of those writing. books that would, would really translate really well into a movie. Yes. Oh, I can't wait. I really hope that they make this into a movie someday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, did you have any final thoughts or comments that you wanted to share? No. Um I enjoyed it. Like I said, I hope someday that I can sit down and read the book. Me too. I want to sit. Maybe this summer I can actually sit down and physically read the book. But that's good because the people who are listening, if if they really are considering this book, I I think that's some good advice. Hey, go online. I think I got a copy on eBay for. I mean, it was literally one of the cheapest books I've ever bought online. I think I spent. I think I gave $3. I may have spent. $10 Ten dollars mm-hmm. shipping and everything mm-hmm. off of like half.com or something Amazon yeah. somewhere. Yeah, anyway. good advice. Okay, well it's really good to be back. I'm so glad that we're starting to do podcast again, yeah. and I guess we will see you next time on Twin, Twin Talk. Talk.